This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think it's the last two. It's not been that bad. The last two were fantastic. Ooh, crackers, you uh, you, you sassy little mints. Hello everybody, welcome to Barrapod. Uh It's, uh, I don't know why I'm telling you the date, because you're not listening to it this today. Um, <laughs> hi Pat, how are you? I'm alright, I'm tired. I was up till half four watching the Jaguars being shit, So, but that made me feel better about Stephen just display on Saturday, so it's put me in a better frame of mind for this, albeit a sleepy frame of mind. Okay, Ben, you alright mate? I'm good, I'm good. Still frustrated from uh, Saturday's result, but uh, no, looking forward to Barnsley next weekend. And we have a uh, returning special guest with us today, <laughs> um, supporters liaison legend, Cruffers. Hello, mate. How you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. Good, good. Right, well, you've... Two of you have already mentioned Saturday, so let's uh, let's take the cat out of the bag and smash it against the wall, shall we? Um, Steady on. Uh, <laughs> it weren't it weren't great, was it? It weren't great. Um, Stevenage one, Exeter City one. Um, Stevenage went back to a f- back three. Um, we'll discuss why shortly. Um, cause I think me and Ben might have differing ideas as to why that happened. Um, but we went with obviously Tay and goal and we had Sweeney Thompson and Pidge as the back three Luther and Butler as the, as the, uh, the wingbacks. Um, then we had, uh, Louis Thompson, Forsakeski and then Nick Freeman playing just in front of those two with Reed and Hemmings starting up top. Um, <coughs> Stats-wise, um, we dominated proceedings, really. Um, 11 shots, uh, four of which were on target, six off, one blocked. 62% possession, 74% pass success rate, which I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, skyrocketed in the second half. Yeah, <laughs> 68% in the first half, 74% in total for the second half. So is anyone good at maths? What, was, what does that mean the second half was? So. No, he's the answer. Seventy-eight <laughs> um, percent. We won. We won the aerial duel. We 
put in more tackles and successfully won the ball. Fewer cards, fewer fouls, more corners. I mean, it's we did we dominated everything, but go with score goals, didn't we? Really. Um, I think we didn't different. dominate percentage of crosses that were useful because uh, ours were mostly pish. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Um, it's two very different halves of football, wasn't it, uh, Pat? I mean, it was an unusual Stevenish performance first half because they did have a lot of possession and they were quite patient with it. They pulled Exeter, well, they were trying to pull Exeter around and create some space and Exeter sat in very kind of rigidly and mopped up those spaces really well for the most part. And there was the odd delicious Nathan Thompson crossfield to Luther that got us in behind. But for the most part, they just held us at arm's length um, until the uh, sending off. And then things went a bit mad for the last five minutes of the half. Yeah. Um, Crawford, what was your take on the first first 45 minutes? I had a horrible feeling 10 minutes into the game that this wasn't going to be our day. I, I don't know why. It just the midfield for me, and it's one of my, I'm a big fan of Steve's, but it's one of my um, concerns is this constant changing of the midfield. We don't seem to have a settled midfield. If you look at our defence, nine times out of 10, we've got Pidge, Butler, Luther, and another one or two centre-backs. We've got our front two lined up pretty much all the time in Kane and Reedy. And it's that midfield, which we're not... We, we just haven't got it for me. I, no, that's not... That's wrong. It's not saying we haven't got it. We've got the players. It's just having that settled situation. I don't know why Finley wasn't playing on Saturday, um, presuming he was injured to not even make the squad. Um, so that's that's my biggest concern and I could see it early doors in my view on, on Saturday it just didn't look right and we were losing it in the midfield um, plus you could see early doors that um, one of my um, most rated lower league centre-backs in Hartridge and then the other lads Dia, Dia Barte, um I thought both of them were absolutely superb and they sniffed two very good attacking players in reading Hemmings out of the game for me. Um, so that was that was my take. I think, yeah, it changed. It was a great time to get the goal um, just for half time. And when that happened, I thought, right, we're going to come out second half, and we're going to we're going to properly do a job now. They're down to ten, um, but it just didn't happen. So I'm sure we'll go into the second half. Yeah, um, Ben. Um, what did, yeah, what did um, you make of the starting lineup and the shape? Um, well, from our side, um, just I, I could I I put a poll up about midweek and I said, "What would you want to see sort of in the midfield?" And I think there was and there was the one name that didn't crop up at all out of any of our midfielders was Nick Free, And he ended up starting in the midfield. So I, I really wasn't sure about that one. I could understand Jordan Roberts not playing because he played, he's played a lot of football recently. Um, and we'll get on to when Jordan Roberts came on the pitch in the second half, I'm sure. 
But the one that I really couldn't work out was was Ben Thompson. Um, I just I don't know what Ben Thompson needs to do to get a regular start in this team. Um, you know, every time that he plays, he gives a hundred percent. He brings a lot of energy. And you know, you can make the same example, like same argument with Alex McDonald. But Ben Thompson brings you more quality on the ball, a little bit more urgency, and I think we just just lacked that a little bit. You know, I, I wouldn't say that. Louis Thompson was was bad, but I don't think that he particularly added an awful lot that Ben Thompson couldn't have bought. Um, so yeah, I think the midfield. I, I didn't have any particular issues with the, with the uh, going back to the three uh, at the back because I in fact thought that the three centre backs that were on the pitch were our best three players on the day. Um, but yeah, just. I, I felt a bit disappointed for Ben Thompson and I really wasn't sure where Freeman fitted in that formation. Yeah, it's, it's a particular problem when both Louis Thompson and Nick Freeman are fairly anonymous when you're already fairly light in numbers in midfield anyway. And you need them to at least be providing the protection in front of the fullbacks, if nothing else. And we didn't see that for Butler dealing with Rankin, who was arguably their most dangerous player on the day, I would say. Do you see, are we being a little bit harsh on Louis Thompson? Just let me just give you a stat line, right? Um, Pass success rate of 84%. Um, It's 50 successful passes uh, from 84 attempts. Um, Sorry, 52 accurate passes from 50 attempts. Thank you, Biden. Um, aerials won. He didn't lose a single aerial duel, which is no mean feat for someone who's five foot nothing. Um, tackles. Uh, every tackle that he, uh, every tackle that he put in, was a successful winning of winning of the ball. Um, so I know you can't only look at the stats to decide on whether a player's played well, but. Everything that he seems to have done has been successful. So, what more do you want him to have done? For me, it's not an individual problem. It's not. It's not individually. I think it's the it's the system because those three players, in my view, are three superb midfielders. All three. I know a lot of people. Freeman, he's like Marmite, but I really rate him for the job that he does. But yeah, so it's not the individuals because I agree with those stats. Louis was very busy. Um, I'm not sure that I'd say busy is correct either. Having looked uh, looked at the stats, I think that what he tried to do, he did very well. But there were large parts of the game where he was not 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 involved for not not involved enough. Um, I think that he. Uh, He usually puts himself about, and I think that's probably. I think maybe we might be. I might be seeing that as because we had an unusually high share of the possession, and we usually have a little bit less of the ball. So you see him putting it about a bit more. You see him getting involved in making tackles and sniffing out danger, whereas we didn't need him to do that so much on Saturday afternoon. Um, Freeman, I think. Um, he needs to rapidly improve. Otherwise, 
I mean, right this second, I wouldn't be bothered if he left in January. Um, and he wasn't even replaced. That's how meh, I feel he's been at the moment. It's, it's a lot of effort, but there's very little quality or end product. I didn't see didn't see him involved, I feel like, for the first 45 minutes on Saturday. And then when he did pop up, he gave the ball away, um, which was... It's just disappointing when you know you've got Roberts on the bench. And I absolutely agree with Ben. He's played an awful lot of football recently as Jordan Roberts. So this was a good time to rest him because I feel like even without the red card, I feel like looking at the two two elevens, we should be able to beat them. Yeah. Um, I I completely hear what you're saying um, with that. And... One thing I will say about Louis Thompson, you know, you, you read the stats out there. 84% pass accuracy. It's, it's well and good having a central midfielder who's making 50 successful passes at 84%. But you've got to ask yourself, especially in that second half, how much pressure was he actually under when he was making those passes? And the absolutely answer is none. absolutely none because Exeter were playing the low block and they were they were playing out for a point. Um and then you got uh, the other stat that we bring up with the aerial duels, the players that he was up against in that midfield, Trevitt, Cole and Kyle Taylor. None of those three are particularly well-renowned for aerial ability. And if you look further back from that, Jack Aitchison is also not exactly renowned for that ability either. <laughs> and the successful tackles is a good point. And I'm assuming that we're classifying his involvement in the build-up to the Exeter goal as a slip. Um, Because if it wasn't a slip, it's a situation where either the ball or the man, you know, not both of them can get past you in that situation. Um, And that, in the mind of, of most people, is what will ultimately stick out about Louis Thompson's performance on Saturday, which is a shame because... You know, he, he's not a bad player at no. all, um, and he's uh, not been regular. Three three quarters of Louis Thompson's passes on Saturday were either backwards or sideways. Macaulay tastic. Easy, isn't it? E- easy to pass backwards when you've got a well nine men sat in front of you defending a goal. And I don't hate the patience they were showing, particularly. No. First half, it set a really good platform for us, which we then went on to butcher. But from seventy like minutes the, on, though, it needs to tick up, start ticking up, doesn't it? Yeah, and the way they played second half was just so naive. Like fair play to Exeter, they sat in really resolute and they attacked like on the counter with absolute massive pace. But we just made it so easy for them to uh, mm-hmm. get those counters successful, and we were lucky to only ship one really in the end. Oh yeah, there were there were two counterattacks in that second half when the score was already one all. That Exeter will be absolutely furious that they didn't even test Tay. Um, to by both of them, one came one came from a corner like the goal did, and then one came from just a breakdown uh, in 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 defence. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit as we have a habit of doing. Um, let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about the goal first. Um, Lovely cross by Dan Sweeney, wasn't it? Lovely, just 
out swinging uh, or in swinging rather um, cross into the box. And I think, I think a lot of credit has to be given to Pidge for the power and direction he managed to get on the ball considering how far away he was when he leapt for it. Because, <laughs> I mean, he tra- he travelled some to meet that ball and hit it as well as he did. It was a, it was an absolute beauty. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't the goal of someone who hasn't scored in a while there. And uh, he's always in around and sniffing for it after set pieces. And that's kind of what happened here, wasn't it? It was like a blocked shot that came out to the edge of the box for Sweeney to mm-hmm. curl into well, just inside the six-yard box, maybe fairly central, and it was. It was the the width and the power combination on it that took it in, which, you know, it was a a much-needed goal to further rattle the ten men and uh, take you into half-time feeling pretty buoyant, I would have thought. Little did we know. Yeah. It's amazing. That's uh, Pier Gianni's first headed goal all season, and we're in the middle yeah. of December. He scored about yeah. six by this time last year. Joe, I said the exact same thing in the car uh, after the game to Pat. Uh, that he, he was on about six or seven by now last season. And it's wild that that's his first headed finish of the year. But we've seen it every game. They pack three men around him. They wrestle him over yeah. in the box. You know, there's all sorts of shenanigans going in there. Now they've identified him as our biggest threat. And, and, he's, and well it's not just the fact that they've... Man. It's not just the fact that they've identified him as our biggest threat aerially from set pieces. It's the fact that League One centre centre backs are much better than most of the centre backs that are playing their trade in League Two. Yeah, certainly we're. Aren't they? Aren't they? How many how many times have we played a team this season where we've looked at their centre backs and gone, "We can we can really hurt both of them here." I don't think there's been a single game where I've I've looked at their centre back pairing and gone, "We've they're in trouble." They. And these two were the same. I think, you know, Cruffer said earlier, Hartridge and Diabate were their best players by a mile. Um, Diabate, I, um, I just, every cross that went into the box, there he was, heading, heading, heading the ball away. Yeah, um, arguably the worst centre back against Watford. <laughs> he, he, must, he must have made about 30 clearances, which is on absolutely everything that went into the ball box. Funnily as well, I've just I've just watched the goal back again, and actually that Pidge's goal is the one time where the two centre backs are so far apart, and he's yeah. him and someone else. I can't see who else it is. Another Borough player gone in, sort of like in between. Partridge has read it too late then, and he can't even get a jump with Pidge. So mm-hmm. yeah, but apart from that, Partridge is the most. He's one of the most um sort of fashionable. Doesn't look like a a League One centre back. He comes in in his um, Converse trainers, you know, Canvas trainers. And he just doesn't look, but I, for years, all the time he's played against us, I've, I've rated him so much. Uh, he's another one of those, I wish he was playing for us. Yeah. He'll be one that signs for us when he's two or three years past his best, like usual. <laughs> um, we've, we've got to talk about the, the incidents, I think, haven't we? Because in the first half, there were I, I might get powers for it, and it might be fair. Um, I'd say there were three occasions when Exeter players could have received red cards. Um, obviously, only once was the red received. So the first one was the twenty-third minute when Jack Aitchison 
in retaliation for what he deemed a bad decision by the referee, went through the back of Nathan Thompson, just right on the halfway line or just inside the exit half in front of the exit bench. Thompson's gone. The, the free kick's been taken quickly by, I think, Sweeney, just giving it short to Thompson, who's taken a touch and played the ball out. And Aitchison's just gone straight through the back of him. I think I can I can appreciate, you know, it probably, it probably is, in reality, it probably is fair, a fair yellow card. But you've seen that kind of explosive reactionary tackle um being punished a lot harsher i think i think he's he's lucky that he hasn't really caught thompson as badly as he looks like he intended um and he's it's a good job he studs it down because had they been up it's a a, that's an automatic red all day long you would you would have been stood right about there, wouldn't you, Cruffers? Or were you off wandering around at that point? I was wandering. Uh, I was wandering. So um, no, I didn't. I didn't see it clearly. But my boys were saying about it that they thought it was terrible. And I came in just before um, the red card, and um, yeah, my boys were saying to me that when the red card happened, they said he shouldn't be on the pitch anyway because they thought it was a. And they, they said it's if if and thank God we don't have VAR in League One. But if that went to V had gone to VAR, it would have been upgraded to a red card in their view. It's one of them. But the ref seen it in live, one view of it, no help yeah. from his officials whatsoever. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Have you have yeah. you seen it again, Ben? Um, I haven't seen that one back. I have seen a couple of the others though. Um, uh, well, let's go. Let's go to Pat for the next one because Pat was again. This one was right in front of Pat. The right uh, the <laughs> Kyle Taylor tackle, which resulted in Jack Jack Aitchison uh, having a uh, having a moment. Um, actually, let's before just before we come on to that story, let's just talk about Aitchison because from the moment he got that yellow card, he was kicking out of players. He kicked Sweeney a couple of times, kicking out of players and chasing players and looking like he wanted to do some damage. He was in the as soon as he got that yellow card, he was fucked off and it didn't finish. And you just knew that he wasn't going to make make the full ninety. Um, You're a brave man trying to take it out on Sweeney. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think any of them, any of that back three, I'd rather. I'd, I'd, I'd probably. I'd probably go. Do you know what, mate? You're all right, and back off. I wouldn't last three them. seconds against any of them. But if I had to pick one, it wouldn't be Sweeney or Pitch. <laughs> Is that because Thompson's shorter than you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's probably the fastest though. Maybe I should go for the slowest of them. Kick him once and then leg Yeah, even even Pidge, I'm not outrunning. I know he's old, but not a chance. No. Um, yeah, but the... Uh, okay, so the Kyle Taylor, Jack Aitchison, yellow card, flurry. Tell us about the tackle, Pat, because it, it looks from the media box like an utter, utter revolting tackle that, frankly, could result in... should pro- probably result in a further ban. It looked awful. I mean, basically what happened was... Aitchison took a slight push in the back and went down like a sack of shit, as players tend to do, and then got up vehemently annoyed that he hadn't got the free kick he felt he was earned. And I think the referee was consistently not giving light contact in the back, which is kind of borderline foul territory, and you see him given some of the time. Um, Certainly Butler got away with one winning a header at the back post once. Um, Taylor flew in in 
vengeance at his mate not getting a free kick. And you can sort of tell when a guy is flying in, not just to win the ball, but to leave a mark and prove a point. And that's why I was expecting red, not yellow for him from that tackle. He kind of went behind the advertising boards out of our sight a little bit, but he flew in with such force that I was expecting you've taken man and ball and you've done it fairly clearly, deliberately in retaliation at what's just happened previous. So, but then it seems like, oh, the ref sent off one, so I can't send off two in the same incident, which if it's red, it's red. It shouldn't matter that someone else yeah. has already gone for something else. So it bugs me that. So I, have, I haven't seen it back. So, you know, I may be having uh, having rose-tinted glasses here somewhat looking at the incident. But it looked to me like he proper, like he was off his feet, feet together, ready to hurt. Yeah. I don't know whether that's... that's quite accurate Ben seems to it, I don't know Ben, ben don't look like he uh, he agrees <clears throat> what one leg was was certainly was certainly high um, I'm, I'm not too sure if it was both feet off the ground but one uh, the only reason I'm not sure if it was a stone wall red card or not it may still be a red card regardless of you know the point of contacts and the, you know I'm not sure he caught him with the studs. I think he caught him. I think he almost got his leg round. I think it was Forstakowski who got fouled. He almost got his leg round Forstakowski and kicked him over by his shins. Um, So still high, regardless of whether he's caught with the studs or not. I'd say with the precedent that the referee had set during the game, I'm not surprised and I'm not overly outraged that it wasn't given as a red card. However, as Pat said, if Aitchison doesn't react in the way that he does and gets sent off himself, does the referee perhaps take a little bit longer to consider the Carl Taylor challenge? Absolutely, I think he does. Um, and, and then, yeah, you, you obviously have to see the outcome of that. And then, there, I mean, yeah. there was one more tackle in the second half that I, I can remember seeing and thinking... When he went in, that was probably another borderline 50-50. But was that uh, since uh, was it Sinsar? No, not Sinsar. That's goalkeeper. Nis- it was uh, Wild Niskanen. Niskanen. Oh yeah, seventy-five yeah. minutes in, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was. It was. It was awful. That was sort of, again. That was sort of over near over a bit closer to the uh, sort of the, the dugouts, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't. I. I. I think that one. If with with the sort with with the flow of play leading up to that tackle, I don't think there was any. I don't think it was like a malicious tackle like the other two from Aitchison or Taylor. I feel like it was just he sort of put it in and that was it. Um, it should have been a second was, yellow though because he'd already dived on the edge of the box. He had he had he had dived on the edge of the box. Yeah, so. But yeah, I don't. I don't think that was necessarily like malicious. I think it was just a bit sloppy, a bit lazy, yeah. and he caught. He, he caught his man. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, Aitchen going off was fucking hilarious. To be honest, um, <laughs> they um, they made a sub at halftime, taking Kyle Taylor off, who was. It's another indication that he was lucky to be on the pitch at the time, isn't it? Because. You know, not not five minutes later, he's gone in gone in for half time, and he's told he's not coming back out. 
And he barely did anything first off anyway, so it wasn't like they would have missed him from that point of view. Apart from thundering through someone, he didn't create that much. He didn't defend that much either. No. Um, so, yeah, so uh, the goal, the, the equaliser. Um, it was from a corner. No, was it, was it from a corner? No. I, don't know if it was. I, I felt corner. like it was from a corner, but... Jake Fortescue was right in the middle of the park, so clearly it wasn't. But the ball's the ball's sort of been cleared out of the box. Ball's in the air, and then Dan Sweeney proceeds to do nothing. He literally just watches it, and it comes down and, and takes a bounce, and then Jake Fortescue has to bring himself out of position to come and deal with it. Now I don't know why Dan Sweeney just doesn't attack it. I I, I I'm just I have no idea what he was doing or what he thought he was doing um he doesn't attack the ball it's there to be attacked he could have dealt with it and kept us on the attack in that in that situation but he doesn't do anything jake forsakaski has to track uh i think it was trevitt maybe yeah um across who makes a comeback he, he wins the ball and releases ranking he then just tears down the field dan butler tries to trip him up from behind and fortunately misses. And then down that down that down that right flank, then Louis Thompson dives in, misses him completely. Um which I think Louis Thompson was trying to make up for the 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 comedy of errors in that in that circumstance leading up to that whole whole thing gets just to, just gets done um and it's just great play from ranking it's it's the best i mean it's the only real thing that he did all game that that fortunately punished us um but it was always going to be him that created something wasn't it um but then the ball across the box it just hits world shut on its on its way across um i think it comes it comes it literally comes off his like midriff and goes in and it's just it's so so fucking poor, isn't it? So <laughs> poor. Yeah. And if you look, Pidge was well out of position as well. Yeah. He was well I mean, out the whole... pitch and he, was, he wasn't getting back. And so that's your defensive shape gone for something yeah. like that. You, you can see, you can see there's a picture of Welch that's sort of like running away, almost laughing to himself. And behind him, Nathan Thompson's just like this, just like arms yeah. in the air, like what the fuck? Um. Yeah, it's really, really, really. It's such sloppy, crap goal. Like, obviously, they've got some fast players up top, Exeter, but you have to account for that. We were just so overcommitted. Um, such a disappointing goal to concede. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, I hate to. Like, I'm not one to usually point fingers, but throughout the entire first half, I think it had become clear that Exeter's, Exeter's main outlet was that ball over to Rankin on the right-hand side. He's got a little bit of trickery about him. He's got a good burst of pace. And I thought it became quite clear that if Butler left him enough space to run into, Rankin was going to exploit that space. So I just think whether it was a sense of being carried away with, you know, the buoyancy, like going into half time, being in that buoyant spirit 
and coming straight back out. But Butler left him completely on his own on that right-hand side. And it's just like that was the one thing that Exeter yeah. were going to create from. And Butler's whole responsibility of that task, he sort of neglected over to Louis Thompson, who then, in my opinion, I don't know if he, if he would classify as a slip or a genuine attempt at a tackle, Oh, if it's he, a tackle, he he hurled himself in for a tackle. There, it's not a slip. He's proper gone in on him. Yeah. Well, in if, that he, sense, if he'd have made contact, if he'd have made contact as hard as he went in, you'd be hard pressed to, to if he'd been sent off to argue it. That's how like reckless it was. It was an awful yeah. attempt at a challenge. I think the actual challenge was, was no better than. Um, Taylor's in the first half, to be honest. It's very similar no, in style. If, if, no, if he'd have made contact, it wouldn't have been any better yeah. than Taylor's, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think he probably, in the grand scheme of things, knew if Rankin kicks the ball on down that wing, Thompson it's is not Thompson, catching yeah. up with him. He's got yeah. to try yeah. and bring him down. So I don't blame him for that. But, yeah, just... I, 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 I said yeah. it at the time, Butler's just defensive discipline for that goal I just what was yeah. not a fan of at all no I think I think with I think with Thompson trying to bring him down I think you can't you can't um, argue against the instincts to c- commit a uh, to commit a sort of tactical foul there but the way he went about it was pretty fucking awful um, I like that ranking he's very very good yeah I think um He's got the end product. As well as being fast and being able to take players on, he's got that end product to whip it there, in as well. There, there were a number of crosses in the first half, which fortunately didn't fall to anyone because Aitchison is shite. Um, they absolutely that, didn't uh, have the players to back up his play, did they? That, right. that had, they had, had they had a read, they could have been two or three, two or three up at one point. Um, the several balls into the box by Rangine in that first half that could have been could have been serious trouble for Stevenage. Um which is then, which is one of my my gripes um as a general thing we might we might talk about it later but since it's the situation um there's been a lot of butler bashing on the social media over the last week or so um some people even deciding that he's crap and he shouldn't be in the team and we need another left back um which I completely disagree with. I think he's been solid for a lot of the season. But um, he struggled on Saturday and it was another game just a couple of weeks ago. Same situation. He's not completely not fault. My biggest problem is that there's no backup. If we're playing that 3-5-2, then we either need the midfield to shift across or from my understanding, I'm not a a football tactician, if we've got the three, then the left-sided centre-back should be coming across to cover as well. If it's coming down the yeah. right, you'll shuffle to the right. Um, yeah. Sorry, to the left, you know what I mean. Eh? Yeah, yeah. And um, that's because Pidge was so out of position. But too many times in the first half, generally, like we've been saying, when Rankin's been doing those runs and taking on Butler one-on-one, there was no backup. There was no secondary reinforcement there to help Butler out. And that's... I found that frustrating because you could see it early doors, like you said earlier, mate. They they were they yeah. were targeting down our left side, down their right flank, and we just didn't do anything really 
not that I could see to to combat it. It was like, all right, let's go for it. So, so I tweeted when I saw the lineup. I tweeted to say it was to deal with ranking. It was to give Pidge another body in the middle to allow him to step out and help Butler. Um, And, and I also thought that Forster Kasky, you know, would play fairly wide. I didn't, I didn't expect Freeman to be playing the Jordan Roberts role, to be honest. I thought he'd be playing on the right hand side of three and we'd have Thompson deep in that respect, a little bit deeper at least um, than he played in that respect. Um, which would enable Forster Kasky to double up on ranking with with Butler and then have Pidge there for cover. Uh, and I, I I wonder whether it was a little bit of sort of cloak and daggers and that was like, that's what we wanted Exeter to think was the game plan. Um, but really, we weren't going to play that way. But it just... We've been, we've been punished... We've been punished down the exact flank. We knew where it would come from. And it's so disappointing because all day long you could say, that's where their threat is. That's how it's going to happen. And all it and, and it was a moment of li- literally three, three minor mistakes in reality that have led to a massive, massive cock up with that goal with, with, with Sweeney just being asleep. Um, and then Pigeon Butler being sort of advanced together uh alongside and then alongside obviously the the Thompson Thompson's missed miss tackle those but I can't, I I'm amazed that uh pigeons pigeon Thompson were uh, sorry pigeon uh Butler was so advanced together it seems it seems crazy um I like go just just touching on what you said about Butler there I like I do like Butler I think that we need to we need the problem with Butler is we have to focus so much of our game plan around dealing with his lack of pace when he's facing a ranking or um uh Poku from um uh, Peterborough for instance um so much of our defensive game plan has to focus on making up for him that we really it affects us, and actually, we dealt with it very well against Peterborough by playing the playing the wing back so high up the field that the two Peterborough lads had no choice but to sit way, way, way deeper than they yes. they ordinarily would do. But then the adjustment ha- the adjustment happened in that game where they started instead of trying to play down the wings from 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 goal kicks, they played through the middle before hitting the wings much much further advanced. Um, I think that with with the game this week, yeah. Yeah. he was just—he was just gone. He was just—I—I I, I think he—I do think he had a really poor game against Rankin, and I can't—and—and I, I sort of feel like you can't really blame him for that. Um, we know what his—we know what his weaknesses are. <laughs> Exeter knew what they were, and it's down to—it's down to Steve Evans. It's down to Carl Pierre Gianni to Matt for a large part one being the captain on the field but two clearly being the man whose job it is to actually go, go over and cover there to deal with it and the, and and it, and it wasn't dealt with and that's really disappointing um, you could really tell that the amount of games we've had to play with replays and 
cup games during the week and and the fact that you, know, you can see that we're the team that have played the most games in the league, I think. They looked absolutely yeah. fucked by full time. Some of them looked yeah. a little, quite tired at kickoff. I'm not, I won't lie. Um, but they looked so, so drained. And that might be another reason why we didn't see Ben Thompson because he didn't play an awful lot in the early parts of the season and has had a bit more of a run of late. Yeah. So it might have just been getting too much, a, a bit much, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you were going to talk about the Jordan Roberts coming on, Ben, and how that affected things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 again, I don't really like to talk about individual performances in a particularly negative light, but I think we can all agree it, it probably wasn't Jordan Roberts's finest cameo in a Stevenage shirt. Um, I mean, the glaringly obvious moment being hitting one over the bar from about eight yards out. Um, but the, the only positive was that Roberts actually provided much more of an option out wide than Nick Freeman was doing which is something that in that sort of free 10 role that Roberts occupies, we, we do see very often he likes to pull out, especially to the right-hand side, to give him you know either the option to cut in, which we saw a lot, cutting in and putting crosses in, or playing Luther on the overlap down the right-hand side because you know, we know what great link-up play there is between the two of them. And the one, But the one thing I will say, as much as he gave us that option... Is I'd have liked to have seen him just take a cup, just take a shot from outside the area. Uh, we, we just every time we got the ball outside the box, there was such a hesitancy to shoot. And I don't remember, apart from List at the end of a game, I don't remember Sinasalo and the extra goal having to make a particularly meaningful stop. Um, I just, he tidied, uh, he tidied up. A little bit, didn't he, here and there? But lists was the only real effort, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, and we know what Jordan Roberts can do from that sort of like twenty to twenty-five yard range. You know, take that the goal against um, Leighton Orient last year at home. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's just so many times where we've seen Jordan Roberts effective in those areas, and I yeah just would have liked to have seen him take a, a, a few more risks, maybe. It's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, I don't know about you boys. I've had enough of talking about this. Yeah, let's move on to Barnsley. <laughs> Can I just say just one thing? Not to do with the, the match itself. That Niskanen is it the midfielder, the little blonde lad? Yeah, Niskanen, funniest uh, looking footballer I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I just couldn't. It took me a while to get over it, to be honest. It's, um, yeah, he looked like a rejected Scandinavian Viking. <laughs> you didn't have very long to enjoy. He wasn't on the pitch that long. No, no, no. Oh, that that that's probably some something else worth mentioning. I forgot about. Um, now. I don't want to be the cynical, cynical soul that doesn't believe that a player is injured when they go down at. But all three of those substitutions they made in the second half where lads went down hurt, 
they all received orders to go down. Yeah, blatantly. All the, all, all the, all the. I didn't even know. I didn't notice the first one. I've been reliably informed about the first one, but the the, the subsequent two that happened. Um. Yeah, I saw certain signals being made to certain players who then suddenly miraculously dropped to the turf. To be fair, I don't no, want to be cynical and say they. It was. It was oh, blatant. It, it, it wasn't was, signals, was it? Was it? They were screaming. Up, and uh I, I have to uh, I don't know whether I admire the shithousery or I'm absolutely outraged by it, but um uh I forget his name now, the number three, um, when the ball was in the Stevenage half and we were about to take a throw in, walking fifteen yards towards the Exeter end and then going down. Um, and it, just just to take a few minutes off the clock, and then he got up. Eventually, after having the physio on and walking back to the halfway line, just chuckling to himself. They uh, yeah. they 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 came to do a job. They had they had a game plan to uh, uh, to steal that point, and they executed it perfectly, didn't they? Yeah, it's just yeah. called being a professional sports team, I think. And uh, yeah. <clears throat> particularly when you've got yourself into the hole of being a man down and then battle back, you're going to do that sort of stuff. And it's down to you as the home side with the extra man to exploit the space that you should have. So I don't think we have anyone to blame other than ourselves for the disappointment. To be honest, if, that, if that was us in that position, would, would we moan if we were doing exactly the same thing? No. To get a valuable point away from my Would nah. we fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wasn't I wasn't moaning about it. Yeah. I was merely commenting on it. <laughs> um, it's like any time wasting for me. I just don't people get too angry about it, in my view. It happens, every team does it, including us. And you do it in certain situations. You know, if they want to do it and then the ref adds on another minute, you know. But every added, team doesn't. It's just a part of the game. He added nine. It's not like we were short of the uh, extra minutes. Nah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could argue that nine isn't enough, but Greg certainly would. Greg, 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 Greg absolutely was was steaming. The thing is, the way the being... way we were playing, you could have given us twenty, we wouldn't have scored. So it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I was going to try and play. Um, well, obviously, it's not Stephen Dean gets a team from a game that happened years ago. Um, but you know what I mean. Um, with a game against Bar, a game against Barnsley um, from from Borough history, but there aren't any. So that that window shout that that game that that idea shout. Pat's going to tell me now he's got one lined up, isn't he? Nope. Oh, you have. <laughs> All right, we'll just we'll just go ahead and preview the uh, the Barnsley game then. Wonderful. So, Barnsley um, last six draw, loss, draw, win, win, draw. Um, they currently sit seventh in the table, um, five points five points below Stevenage. Um, they do currently have two games in hand, and they uh, uh, five better goal difference again mainly because of that opening weekend 7-0 hump in the Port Vale um, who they play soon actually I think they play, play Vale after after they play us yeah. 
Boxing Day is a repeat of the opening weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, we're going to come to Ben to talk about uh, Barnsley. Barnsley, what we can expect from them. I've done a little bit of homework on this too, so I won't sell you down the Swanee completely. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, from a personnel point of view, I think the first thing that you've got to look at with that Barnsley team is that midfield. Um, Luke O'Connell, Phillips and Herbie Kane. That is that is quite a midfield three for, for League One. Um, I was seeing a couple of conversations earlier on today. Luke O'Connell should not be playing in League One. Um, he is, in my eyes, would do a pretty decent job at the top end of the championship, even. He, if you, if we can keep Luke Connell quiet, that will go a long way. But then you've also got to look out wide. Um, they've got, I believe, both used to play for Forest Green in their title winning season in League Two. Um, Cadden and O'Keefe, um, they'll play a three back. They'll be the two wide men. Both of them, I mean, Cadden especially, he's got an absolutely superb cross on him. Um, and then that cross goes into Devant Cole in the middle of the box, who's... 12, I mean, 12 set, goals this season. 12 goals this season, set the pace for the top goal scorer early on. Um, now been caught up by Jamie Reid, Alfie May, Dion Charles, etc. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, this, this Barnsley team are a strong team. And um, you'd you, you take a point almost certainly for, from this game. Um but yeah, I have to say the midfield is it is going to be where this game is won or lost ultimately. It's it, yeah, that the the midfield is one of those ones that I look at and I think that's a midfield we lose to. <laughs> they're they're just they they are very good. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of um, Callum Styles actually as well uh, in the Barnsley squad. I think that he's a he's a he's a very very good player. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really tough day. Um, they're quite um, quite strong with um, coming coming attacking down the sort of the wide areas and getting the ball into the box for Cole. Um, they're also quite strong at defending um, defending set pieces as well. So it's gonna be it's one of those games that's gonna be particularly difficult for the the way we play. Um, football I'd say that uh, if I had to put money on it it's probably a one or two goal win for Barnsley this one I, I unfortunately with just with the run of games that we've had and how knackered some of that team looked uh, on Saturday you know, hopefully a full week of rest will do it is what what's required just to give them a bit of impetus and a bit of a bit of that energy to to push on and deal with a, again a really tif- a, a, not a really difficult but a tricky sort of christmas new year period um you take a point on the raid you, you should, even if you go to the bottom of the league a point on the raid isn't isn't often going to be a bad point is it um i think a point on the raid would be a very good result here saturday Massive. You know. It's Oakles a tough place to go. You know they they get they've been getting like eleven to fourteen thousand this season and mm-hmm. going there two days before Christmas it should be a fairly bumper crowd so loud 
difficult atmosphere to play against and uh, yeah it'll be a test for them a real test for them especially as you say with the uh, the, the tiredness around the squad as, as they currently have so yeah I'd be very happy if they can come away with a point from that yeah it's a big I, pitch as well isn't it yeah big wide pitch yeah, yeah. I went I went to Oakland last year watch them um, they played Plymouth at home Plymouth got over 100 points in the league last season. Barnsley beat them 3-0. Absolutely battered them. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be... Uh, albeit they had Michael Duff in charge back then and they were playing probably better football than they are at the moment, but it's going to be a really tough day out, I think. Go on, then, go on then, Pat. Prediction. 3-1 uh, Barnsley. Crawfers. Uh I'm going to go 1-1. Yeah. We'll score first. And then we'll try and sit on the lead and then we'll lose points in the last couple of yeah, minutes. But we'll yeah. come with a point. We'll come home with a point. We'll try the to absolute do that. opposite feelings to the end of the Exeter game. We'll try to do we'll try to do what Exeter did to us, you mean. Yeah. If that's what it takes to bring home at least a point, I'll have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh Ben. Um my, my realistic head probably tells me 2-0 to Barnsley. Yeah. Unfortunately, nothing like a bit of pessimism to wrap up a podcast, is there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it'll have been Christmas by the time I see you fellas next, won't it? Um, uh, do you know what? I'm looking at this game. I've got no idea when it is. Saturday. Oh, it's Saturday. 25th. I was just looking. I was just looking. Going Christmas. It's a bit soon, isn't it? When when do we play? Yeah, no, it's Saturday. Yeah. See, so if you were a real fan, you'd be going. Uh, yeah. If I was a real, if I was a good fan, uh, I'd be going. Only real fans go to every single game, don't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is he on? What is he on, mate? Um, he'll he'll probably listen to this one and be and give up before he gets to this point because he's really annoyed we haven't mentioned him yet um anyway um we'll be back uh probably probably with an episode reacting to barnsley and northampton somewhere between christmas and new year i hope so i i don't want to hold that down as gospel I was trying to figure out what the hell was happening and I haven't got a clue. There will be an episode between uh, between Christmas and New Year, though, wouldn't there, Ben? There will be. Absolutely. There's going to be a, a, a special look at um, the January window and what 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 might just happen for Barra um, and what, what it all means. Um, ben, and, ben and I will be sitting down and going through some targets and trying to just 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 let just preview it a little bit sort of as a companion piece to Ben's article on the Barapod website last week which is uh had a really good response from so that's fantastic um and then uh I think there's also talk about a a podcast as well isn't there Patrick I mean fingers crossed That'd be good, wouldn't it? I'll see. I'll, I still need to talk to Dina about that. Oh, hey, Thompson, I'm going to be on to you this week. We need that room again because <laughs> you know, if we actually go to a pub, it could be absolute chaos. No, I mean we will be in a pub, and there definitely won't be fake backing 
audio to make it seem like we're a pub. That's not what happens. <laughs> um, anyway, all that's left to say. So thank you very much, chaps, for joining me this evening. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Happy Christmas, everyone. Yeah, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. And up the fucking borough. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNugget's share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.